The Real Chemistry Podcast connects the dots between our guests and the innovative work they do to show up and shape the future of healthcare. Why? So you, the listener, are encouraged to join us on our relentless pursuit to make the world a healthier place for all. Some may call it idealism. We call it real chemistry. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of Real Chemistry and host of the Real Chemistry podcast. And today I am coming to you from a very special location. It's the Life Itself Conference hosted at the historic Del Coronado Hotel in San Diego. Uh, This is the event that's being put on by Mark Hadosh and Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And we are here with some amazing guests, uh, amazing speakers, folks like Goldie Hawn and um, Norman Lear and Ariana Huffington and many, many others. I had the opportunity to sit down with one of the speakers from the session that focused on unpaid caretakers, caregivers, and her name is Alex Drain, Alexandra Drain, and she is the co-founder and CEO of a group called Archangels, and they are a movement and a platform that really helps focus on these unpaid caregivers. Many of us in in this country are that. I think up to 40% is what she mentioned. We're going to talk a little bit about her talk itself, sort of this stripped down version of you know, what she's gone through as an unpaid caregiver. We talk a little bit about a very cool experiment that she did uh, working as a cashier at Walmart and her overall thoughts of the future in this particular space. So I hope you'll take a listen and uh, you'll love Alex as much as I do. I do want to provide a trigger warning for this episode because Alex and I discuss suicide and suicide ideation. So if that is not something you have the capacity for, you may want to skip this episode. All right. So I'm really excited to be doing this because we're in a beautiful place with amazing people. Uh, I'm talking to Alex Train. You don't mind if I call you Alex, right? Please. You're Alexandra, but... um, you gave a talk earlier today, and so I want to get into that, but I want to talk a little bit about this beautiful thing that you're putting out into the world, which is related to your talk. And then you did one of the coolest, smartest things ever that we'll also talk about. It involves Walmart, uh, and we'll do a little bit of a mini uh, deserted island question. But we also have to give a little nod to our friend Jane Sarenson Khan, which is the oh, person that connected my us. my gosh. How much do we love Jane Sarenson Khan? We love, love her so love, much. Love. There is a woman who has been ahead, in front, leading the charge on every major conversation, backing it up with data and stories and intellect and passion and heart forever. Love that woman. Yes. So Jane, consider this our little love letter to you. And we did agree that we're going to have to loop you into a subsequent podcast with us. Yes. She's been a two-time guest and we're overdue because I think the last one we did was maybe over a year ago. So Let's start with what Archangels does. I think you founded it back in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So 2015 was Archangels Take One, failure. 2017 was beginning of Archangels Take Two. And in between was a stint at Walmart as a cashier. So let's talk about it. It's a movement and a platform. And I love the fact that it focuses on caregivers, particularly unpaid caregivers. And this is starting to bleed into your talk. But I think so many of us, myself included... I have a 23-year-old, 20-year-old, almost 15-year-old. They've dealt with a variety of mental health issues and other fun, good, not-so-fun things. I have parents. My dad passed away a year ago. My mom is not in the best of health. 
So I'm feeling sandwiched. Uh, my wife is in the same boat. So that was particularly germane to me and I think probably to a lot of people that are listening in. So let's talk a little bit about what it does and how you help shine a light on these people. And that also bleeds into the experience at Walmart, which I, like I said, am fascinated with. Yeah. Well, so first of all, all my love to you. Um, it is a lot. And obviously people who are in this role, they do it because they care and they care fiercely and they never quit and they never give up. And that's a lot on a human. So we're all about how do we get this population that has no idea they're in this role to not only be seen in it, but to actually be celebrated in it. So I can give you some quick data. Um, 43% of adults in the U.S. right now as of COVID are unpaid caregivers. And 70% of them have at least one significant mental health impact. This is CDC data that we partnered um, with COPE Initiative and published with the CDC. 23% of adults in the U.S. are in this sandwich generation population. And I'm going to tell you, if we split the country into four cohorts and we look at the impact of suicidal ideation, what's the rate of suicidal ideation by those cohorts, cohort one is not in any role at all. Their rate of percentage of those who have suicidal ideation is four and a half percent, which is insane out of the gate. This is absolutely Sally, COVID. I'm not surprised at all, which is why I'm shaking my head. But well, keep listening. having numbers is good. It's important. Yes, because I'll just say this very quickly. There's a gorgeous quote I love that says, um, statistics are humans with the tears wiped away. And every time we share this data, I hope people take a second to think about themselves. Is their story reflected in this data? If it is or if it isn't, what else are they doing? And how can we be seeing these unpaid caregivers everywhere? Because they are not raising their hand because um, they don't see themselves in this role. If you are caring as a parent or guardian for an individual or multiples under the age of 18, it doubles to 9%. If you are caring for multiple or individuals over the age of 18, it's 10%. And you know this because I said it earlier, but just for the people who are in your posse to hear slowly, take a second, anyone who's listening, to say to yourself, what percentage of adults who are sandwich generation caregivers have actively thought about suicide in the last 30 days as of COVID? Drum roll, it's 52%. And one of the things I actually love about that data point is if you've been an unpaid caregiver, you've lived it, you've experienced it, you thought you were the only one. And there's something enormously freeing. It's actually like a first line of care in and of itself to know that you're not and to know that you're not alone in it. So what Archangels is all about is running campaigns to help these gorgeous souls be seen in the reality that they're experiencing and to be celebrated in it. And in a perfect world, we do not want the burden to be the unpaid caregiver to self-identify. We want to create ecosystems that are so lush with caregiver recognition and support that that unpaid caregiver can't help but be seen. And we use the term archangel because a huge percentage of caregivers they don't know what the term caregiver is and they actually don't like it even if they do, right? It comes across, it's either confusing or in their mind it feels stigmatized or it feels, you know, non-insert whatever adjective they use to describe themselves. And so we say, you're an archangel, you're a badass warrior angel, right? And we see you aspirationally. We celebrate you in that role. We want to brag about the fact that you're in this role. We then crosswalk somebody over to the caregiver intensity index, which is literally just like a validation tool. It is a two to two and a half minute experience that often takes somebody from, I'm not an unpaid carer to, oh my God. How, how I does am. someone, because I didn't catch that this morning, can someone sign up for free on the site Absolutely. or for the app and do this test? Yeah. Yeah. So if you literally just go to archangels.me and on the, menu, it'll say for caregivers, scroll down and you'll see the caregiver intensity index. 
Um, when we partner with companies, then that is our business model. But we make this stuff available for free for anybody all the time because caregivers can't wait. And we want to make sure that anybody's in this role gets validated in it. And then that third part is we identify for you as part of your intensity score, the top two things driving that intensity and the top two things alleviating it. And then we crosswalk people over to resources that usually already exist that they didn't know about, be it at the state level, the local level, or within your health plan, health system, or your employer. And I think you, if I remember the stat correctly, one of the indicators is you're in the red, right? Which is bad. Uh, And I think you said at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like 9%. And then as of late, it was 24. And then most recently, it just hit 29%. 29%. So 8% before, 24% hung steady for 20 months. About six weeks ago, went to 29 and it's held there. And a really important sort of uh, marker for what does that mean to be in the red? If you're in the red, 90% of us have at least one of those mental health impacts. So being in the red means literally you're in the red. So I'm going to ask you the second question first, and then we'll get back to life itself. Because the, like I said, the, the, when I first read, and I think Jane flagged this for me, that you actually took time in North Reading of all places. Yeah. I grew up in Melrose, so I know where North Reading is. That you took time to be a part-time cashier at Walmart, which is for anyone that appreciates research. And I will tell you, like I worked at Fidelity Investments for a long time, and we used to get accused of being in the ivory tower because I was in marketing. And what they would do is they'd make us work like two or four weeks a year around taxis and being on the front lines on the phones. And you realize very quickly the problems you thought you were solving in marketing were not the problems that your customers were having. So one of the stories that I loved, because I read it, I think, in a Forbes article, was the idea, first of all, you got in touch with Marcus Osborne, who's a mutual friend who's been on the podcast. And you had an idea, which was, what if we started to identify uh, you know, and, and flag people that were these caregivers so they created some badges. It didn't work. You had a different idea. Let's talk about that. And sort of, I think that's now sort of taken hold, or at least they got more traction than the original yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the original idea was you would just wear, well, first of all, the first eight months that I did it, I just did it because I was having a midlife crisis and I felt like they lived in a bubble. And I was like, I got to get out of this bubble. And the, the I live in this world that is not real. And where is reality? It's at Walmart, where gorgeous souls are walking through there Apropos every day. That a crying baby is walking. By yes, the exactly. Right, we're that's, part of real life. That's right real here. life, yes. right there. Yep. Um, that's life itself. Life itself. Shall we say? Um, and realize very quickly. Oh my gosh! All the people that we've been trying to find—they're right here. So let's bring these products and tools and solutions out to them. And the first attempt we did was to have a little button that said, "Are you an unpaid caregiver?" Ask me how we can help. What we learned very quickly, very humbly is, hi, I'm an unpaid caregiver. Can you help me? He said, absolutely nobody ever, never. And so in a panic, we're like, okay, well, what if we just threw some wings on? And so we did. And it shifted the dynamic. I mean, first of all, if you see somebody in wings, you grin, you smile. That's a moment of joy. Unpaid caregivers could use some joy. And it's a conversation starter. And that was our entree. People would say, why are you doing that? Why are you wearing wings? Did you just fall from heaven? And we'd take that moment to be like, actually, we're doing a movement to support unpaid caregivers, someone caring for an aging relative, a loved one, um, because they do a lot and they don't get a lot of support. And people, you know, start to cry. No one's ever thanked me. God, I never knew that I was in that role. And then we'll say, here are these resources that exist to help. I never knew there were resources. Um, Beautiful, beautiful, rich, deep conversations right there. And we've taken that to the streets. We've taken it to employers. We've taken it to health systems. Um, We didn't have the luxury of wearing wings for a while during the pandemic. 
but we can do that in other ways. And now we're back. Well, I think it was just the shift and it was that, you know, sometimes it's those dumb little things where I honestly can say 99% of the time where I shop anywhere, I don't actually look at what's on the people's, maybe I look at their name tag because I like to acknowledge people by name if I can help it. But otherwise, I don't look at it. So it's an ergonomic thing, right? And you realize not only was it a joyful thing, but also it created attention in a positive way versus the button where everyone's wearing a button and people aren't always paying attention to the button. So that's a really important point because if you put the onus on someone to be paying attention to the world around them, in general, that's going to fail. If they're an unpaid caregiver, they're like, how quickly can I get these groceries out to the car, back to home to solve whatever crisis is brewing right now? Because I love this person madly and I want to support them, right? These are all good things. So buttons, wings, I'm like, head comes up and just a moment of like, you just brought me some joy. Thank you. Right. And so that's part of the conversation starter is to give someone that little lift, that little gift. That's awesome. I know we're running out of time. So two quick things. One, we are at life itself. You gave a talk. I'd love to know like quick 30 second redux of what that was because you made it personal and then any favorites or things about the conference that have really stood out to you. And then we have a fun one. I'll let you go. So I had a really hard time with this talk because I really wanted to use this massive stage of impact, potential for impact with this audience that can go forth and literally change the world in a way that was impactful. And so I kept trying to make myself be cool in the process. And it literally was a fail, fail, fail. And so I had this aha moment. I was like, well, I don't feel like I'm doing well right now. So why would I lie? Like, that's part of what we have to get over as a society. Like shame is just a conversation waiting to be had. It's like, why don't I strap my freaking wings on and get out there and talk about the reality of being an unpaid caregiver? And it was terrifying. And not only was like sweating, but when the talk was over, I had a like, oh my God, I, that was terrible. Like it was just, all of it was so stressful. And the outpouring of support of, of gorgeous stories that have come from people who, who have pulled me aside and told me, you know, oh my gosh, I cared for my mom from when she was 14 to 24. And up until hearing you talk, I never knew of myself as an unpaid caregiver. Um, You know, I left the talk and we had a therapy session. I actually had a pre-scheduled therapy session with my partner. And the entire talk, we talked about being in the red and how we needed to talk about this differently. Um, Thank you so much. I just called my daughter. She's an unpaid caregiver. And I didn't realize that story after story of people just pouring out their hearts. And literally, like if that tree falls on us right now, I'm okay. Like that's the stuff that we have to start doing is giving people an opportunity to be seen in the reality and loved in it. So they know that they're not alone, right? That's care. That's the first line of care. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe the most important thing anyone could ever say, right? And you made yourself vulnerable, which I think is what was most important and allowed people to hear you. So kudos. And then the last fun question, completely shifting gears. Um, I like to ask guests, you're on a deserted island. You have to take one album with you. Which would you pick and why? And you knew your answer immediately, Abba. which I loved. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> I mean, is anybody on a deserted island right now without ABBA? We need to raise money and go drop ABBA albums on them. I can see you as the dancing queen. Oh, I mean, literally, I think it would be True Gold. Is that the the literally quintessential I ABBA? I think so. Yeah. And as we get the helicopter flying over, yeah, it's been relatively drop, quiet. dropping yes. ABBA albums on us. <laughs> we are in San Diego and we are at the Del Coronado. So with that, I will wrap up and say I'm Aaron Strout, the chief marketing officer, because we do have chief medical officers here. Um, at the Life Itself Conference, and I am the CMO of Real Chemistry, the host of the Real Chemistry Podcast, Alex Strain, the co-founder and CEO of Archangel, 
an all-around good person. Alex, thank you so much. We are we are a long friendship just beginning just right started. now, and I'm so happy about that. So thank you. I love it. Thank you. Want more episodes of the Real Chemistry Podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Stitcher app, or iHeartRadio via the Health Podcast Network. Go to realchemistry.com for more info.